Hi, welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane, and here's... I'm Shannon. And today we're going to talk about disabilities. Disabilities are something that are, is very near and dear to our heart. Uh, we have a 20-year-old son, a biological son, who has a seizure disorder. He's never been able to walk or talk or, or anything. Um, and Jane is a full-time caretaker of him. We also have adopted a couple of disabled children, so we have... This is something that um, really hits home with us, and, and it's something that we felt a need to talk about. Great. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start? No, you can go ahead. Okay. I I will just say right off, I think the thing that, the, well, the part in Scripture that really hits home to me about what disability is about is from John chapter 9, one, in, 1 through 3, and I'll just read it. And as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? Jesus answered, It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was in order that the works of God might be displayed in him. And I, 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 think, I think something that we sometimes have a problem with, or people do, they see someone who has disabilities or who is suffering in some way, or, you know, they, there's just something that, that is hard to explain, and they'll say, why did God let that happen? And I think that's the wrong question. I think the right question is, what is God going to do with this? And I think, I think that's a better way of looking at absolutely everything, including disabilities, which is a very normal part of life. Because all of us, if we live long enough, are going to end up being disabled in some way. I mean, if you live to 100, you're going to probably have to use a cane. Or maybe not, but... Well, and that same passage, I really like the passage where it said Jesus saw him first. As he passed by, he saw a blind man. And then the disciples took that opportunity to try and and question him and, and see where he came from. And Jesus' response was wonderful. He says... It's not that anybody sinned. It's just that God's work would be displayed in him. And that's one of the things that we have experienced as a family so much. And there's a, a sensitivity to um, differences amongst people when you have children that are disabled. I mean, you see those things. Um, so we maybe we see it with different eyes. But so many times I have, I have through teaching or, or other things, Um, kids that are challenged in certain ways are blessed in so many other ways. And, you know, the passage, um, uh, Psalm 139 says, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And God said he created man in his own image, and that's every man. Yeah. It is no different if someone is born... With a physical challenge or a mental challenge, they are still created in God's image. And we got to remember that. It's not something that um, we look at as a fault. Because in reality, I've seen it more often as a blessing. Yes. I've seen blessing after blessing come from the lives of someone who is different. Whatever that difference is, whatever that challenge is, it doesn't matter. But the blessings that they bring on, the smiles that they bring on, um, the love that I have seen expended from uh, friends, families, churches, 
because of our son Hawkins, it's just been amazing to me. We still have, at our church, we have a uh, quilt that was made in one of our former churches by all the kids in the church. It was a, a blue jean quilt, and they all put their handprints on it. And they did it for him. They gave him that, that blanket, and that was many, many years ago. He was young at the time. And that just still touches my heart because I know all those little kids had that exposure and understood at that point in time that he was just like them in some ways and special in other ways, but that was okay. Let me, can I share a Mm -hmm. few? First, I want to share a scripture, and you've probably heard it before, but it's from Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. And God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I totally believe that what Shannon said I was quoting from one, Psalm 139, where God has woven us in our mother's wombs. And he does things differently than we do. I mean, we don't know why he does things, some things the way he does, but we don't have to know why. And I have a few really good quotes I got off off the internet today. This is from a book called The Bible Disability in the Church by a man named Amos Young, Y-O-N-G. And he says, If people with intellectual disabilities represent the foolishness of the world, what hinders our viewing them as embodying the wisdom of God? Because hmm. you remember how God says the 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 wisdom of God is like foolishness to the world mm-hmm. or the foolishness of the world is you know, opposite. I agree. And, and it, that Luke eighteen sixteen, where Jesus called, says, let the little children come to me mm-hmm. and do not try to stop them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. That's one of the things I've seen, especially in the developmentally disabled is that childlike quality maintains. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've always experienced in someone in that who's who is uh dealing with that kind of disability is their capacity to love yeah. just seems to go way beyond in in the way that children love and the way that children accept things you know children are honest sometimes blatantly honest they are if if there's something going on they'll say well what's what's wrong with him or what's going on they'll ask yeah and an adult will just kind of not say and they do that weird look, don't look thing. Don't do that. You yeah. know, they, they get we've embarrassed. In, we've been in grocery stores and the kids want to ask and the parents say, no, 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 you're not supposed to say that. Not ask. There's it's a, okay. It, it, that, I think that's the biggest challenge we have in our society with disability is the fact that we're trying to, we, we try to close our eyes and pretend it's not happening instead of just accepting it as not only that it's happening, but also that there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, it's just part of life. It, it's the way we were created. God knit them in the womb in that way. And he did that on purpose. God doesn't make mistakes. Uh, there was a Reverend Dr. Jamie Clark Souls, and she wrote a post called Disability and the Bible on February 21st, 2018. And she asks a really good question. She says, how often do we minister to people with disabilities rather than with them? That we kind of look, we go to them maybe in pity or go to them thinking maybe it's only us who can give to them when in reality we're on the same level. And there's a, there's a, 
a man named Ross Bays, and I and I he had a really good article called "A Biblical View of Disability" on uh, BeThinking.org. And one quote he had here: "We must go beyond mere inclusion. Disabled people don't simply need to be included; they need to belong." And that takes me one more thing. I'm kind of hogging this here, mm-hmm. uh, where. In 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul is talking about how we are all part of the body, 12.22 says, On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And verse 26 says, And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And we need to, as Shannon said earlier, disabilities are just differences. We don't need to alienate ourselves from someone with disability. They are, we are all equal in God's eyes. We are all people. We are all sinners. Just because a person has a disability doesn't make them super special or super negative. It's just they're a person just like me and you. We're sinners saved by grace if we've accepted Christ. Yeah, and you know, God's, I'm sure God's intention was not to have people that are, are suffering from, um, physical or mental disorders, we live in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. It's the same with everything else. Now, our son Hawkins has seizures. And I'm sure God's initial plan in the garden was not for that to be that way. But the blessings that have come from that from that condition and what has happened in our life, that is from God. So while this fallen world is not the end result, I mean, we, are, we will be wonderfully remade and uh, at the coming of Christ in the second um, earth, we will all be wonderfully remade. And I have no doubt that my son Hawkins will be running around and laughing and singing and dancing. I can't wait. But yeah. that doesn't mean that there's anything diminished about this lifetime. And this this is just, this is a, the condition that it is. And if we treat, if we truly accept people and treat people as children of Christ, as children of God, as as brothers and sisters, no matter what's going on in there, I think that's really what what shows us to be followers of God. Um, Luke fourteen, Jesus was invited to a dinner, and he said, "When you give a when you give a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends and brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in turn and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will re- be repaid at the resurrection of the just." Christ calls us to act differently than the rest of the world, to see things differently. You know that, I think it was Mother Teresa who said, uh, when she looks at someone, she sees Jesus, or something about mm-hmm. looking into another person's eyes. She, she, tries to see, she tried to see Christ in that person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a, I, what disability is not, it's not a curse, let me read that real quick. Second um, Corinthians four sixteen through eighteen says, "Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal." But the things which are not seen are eternal. And I remembered what I wanted to say. In that 
whoever we talk to, whether a person has a disability or not, or a lot of times people have other things, other kind of disabilities within. But no matter who we talk to, we can learn from that person. And if we come with humility interacting with another person, whether that person has a disability or whether that person does not or whether that person is from a different socioeconomic class, we can learn from that person. And I think that's, we see Jesus in them. Let's see how Jesus is in that person. Yeah, I think that's one of the easy things for us to do as humans is just in who we are, is it's easy for us to recognize physical and mental challenges in other people. But we have to remember that all of us have disabilities of our own yeah within ourselves there's something there's something within each of us that is not the way god intended it to be and we struggle with those things in our own lives and those are the hidden things those are the things that aren't on the surface maybe that aren't out there but you know when when we see it and we're confronted with it face to face it's an uncomfortable reality because just like the the disciples saying who sinned this man or his parents I think it's a it's a reminder to us of our fallibility, mm. of our of our the fragility of the human condition, and the fact that no nothing's perfect. Right. But that's okay. Jane wrote a book um, a few years ago called "They Say My Child Isn't Perfect," and I remember exactly the moment we were at a Christmas party with a um, a bunch of police officers, and one young lady was pregnant with her first child. And Jane said, well, do you know what, whether it's a boy or a girl, the same way you would anytime you're talking to a young pregnant woman. And she said, you know, we really don't care as long as it's healthy. And that just struck a chord is, well, what if it's not a healthy baby? What if something isn't, isn't exactly the way you pictured it? Does that diminish God's creation? Does that diminish the love that you have for a child? Of course not. And this, this woman did not mean anything by that in any way, shape, or form. And I'm sure um, no matter what had happened, I'm sure she would have loved her child completely. But that's the that's a go-to for us. That's something we say right off the bat. Mm-hmm. We're hoping for, for perfection on the outside when really that's not what God sees at all. Mm-mm. You know, this morning I read this verse, and I hope this doesn't offend anyone because I don't mean it to. Isaiah 6.13, just a little section of that verse, it says, The holy seed is in its stump. And a tree stump is kind of useless. You know, it's you've gotten everything out of it. It just sits there. But the holy seed is in that stump. And that just, that brought to mind uh, people and how we can see somebody. We don't think they really have any purpose. I know... Someone could look at our son Hawkin. He can't walk, can't talk, he can't feed himself. He he's really good at chewing on his fingers and rolling around on the floor. That's those are his qualities or his talents and he can make a lot of noise when he wants. But other than that, he doesn't contribute to society and someone could just look at his life and go what's the point? But his life has changed our our family life and I know God has used him in other people's lives. And I actually had a uh, husband and wife at one church that we went to. Um, They said 
when they heard Hawken making his noises during the singing, like we just sing hymns, so it's not like this great, you know, not contemporary worship, but just a few hymns. It's like they were singing, hearing angels sing or something. I'm, I'm not quite sure what they, I can't really remember what they said, but it was something very profound. And I had never seen that, but they said they even saw some kind of light. And not that he's like, and I'm not trying to say that he's like something extra holy. He's a 21-year-old, or excuse me, 20-year-old man that probably has some thoughts that I'm, it's good that he doesn't share them with me. You know, I don't, I don't know, but I do know he, and he's not unique. Everyone has qualities that God uses all of us. There's a, a young man who's a child of a, an older couple that uh, goes to our church. And he is at a residential home, but he comes home event, uh, occasionally. And he has some, um, some mental challenges. But he absolutely makes me sing my heart. Because he has the most raucous laughter. I wish he was there every Sunday. Oh, when I am giving a sermon, and I know he's coming... He loves to hear stories about how silly Jane is. That's me. I will include those stories in my sermon specifically because I want to hear him laugh. KJ just makes me smile. Mm. And that kind of that kind of reaction, I think if we stop and, and just bask in that and enjoy that, that's what God intended. Um, there's a, a little boy at our school, in elementary school, and, and a... a really close friend of mine is a para in the elementary and he's big guy and he's got really thick arm hair and he said there's one little autistic boy that every time he sees him walks up and just kind of pets his arm here <laughs> he says he never says a word but he just comes up and touches it and then he'll walk away and that touches him it touches him deeply just because there's there's something about being noticed by someone who other people would not look at the fact that they look at you. I know Pete, our son Pete, is, has uh, cerebral palsy and walks with a walker, and he's um, he's eighteen. He's eighteen now. He's a senior in high school, and he's challenged. Um, his CP is is affecting his walk a lot, and uh, but he's doing service learning now at the school with kindergartners. He goes in and does flashcards and reads with them and stuff like that, and. He mentioned to me that there was a little girl that comes up and touches him, <laughs> just walks up and touches him. And Pete has enough grace in his in his world um, that occasionally it comes back. Sometimes it doesn't. He's a teenager. But occasionally it comes back and he just, she comes up and touches him. And he doesn't say anything. But every time she sees him, she walks up and just touches him. And I don't know if there's um, some autism there. There's a lot of that in our school. But... Um, that blesses me too when I see him yes. um, going out and every every kid in that school knows him by name. He's mm -hmm. a senior in high school and we have the whole school in one building. But all these kids, and I'll ask Pete, well, who's that? I don't know. They just say, hi, Pete, all the time. I don't know. <laughs> you know, well, there's three things I want to share. The, the first thing is I think sometimes... When we see someone who has a physical disability or intellectual disability, obviously someone who is challenged in some way that most of us aren't, we, as society, judge a person thinking, what's the point? What, 
what can they contribute to society? And we equate someone's worth with what they can give to society in like monetary ways. That is totally not God. And then I wanted to show, okay, this is from a Jada Pryor on pathios.com in a post called Top 7 Bible Verses About Disabilities. And this is a quote I, I wrote down. Jada says, Disability is never a result from falling from God's favor or a lack of love on his part. But God does have a plan for us all that will ultimately result in his glory. Whatever it is that we have been given, it has been given to show light in some way. So sometimes I see, like our sons, I mean, there's all sorts of... It, I bring, we bring them up because they're the ones we can talk about. We know, we know, we live with them. But I see God using Pete in ways he can never use me. I see God using Hawken in ways he could never use an able-bodied person. He uses all of us so differently. I think even how our height, the way we look, our skin color, everything I think is ordained by God to be used by him. And I have one more thing and then I'll pass it back to you, honey. Uh, this is from a mom's perspective, and I know not everyone listening to this interacts with people with disabilities, so you do get nervous, and I understand that. There's nothing wrong with feeling inadequate when not wanting to do something wrong, and so maybe you don't do something. But here I've got eight things I want you to think about when you meet someone with a disability. First, presume intelligence. Don't talk down to that person. Uh, just just believe that person is intelligent, because very likely the person is. To see past the disability in the person, that's just a difference. More than likely, he or she is a lot more like you than different. Three, don't treat the person who has a disability like a superstar or really negative. They are, again, a person. The disability doesn't make them like super great or super awful. They're just a person with a difference. Four, be kind. That's for everybody. We should always be kind. Five, don't be embarrassed. That person knows he or she has a disability. They live with it. It's not going to embarrass them. Six, he or she wants a friend just like you do. Seven, he or she has dreams just like you do. And eight, that person is more typical than not. Anyway, those are the ones I want to share just from a mom's perspective. Yeah, I, I have been blessed many times when we have been in public um, with the way peop- some people interact with my son. And he's in his wheelchair, and uh, I distinctly remember one woman at uh, the Walmart in Rapid City walking up and saying hello to him. And he doesn't make eye contact, and but he, he listens to everything. And Jane and I know how he communicates, but other people wouldn't get it. And she comes up and starts talking to him. And I said, well, you know, he doesn't talk, but he's listened to everything you said. And she continued to talk to him after that. And she said, well, that's just fine. And she mm-hmm. talked to him after. That just touched me in such a way. One of the things I think that I see that's natural, I guess, for some people, but it's, it's, it's hard on the people that are on the receiving end, is if someone is... Um, challenged in some way they talk around them yeah they don't talk to them and you know what it doesn't matter if they can if whether they can communicate back or not they're hearing you and that's what they want they just want contact they're hearing you 
Um, I've got a quote here from Robert M. Hensel. It says, There is no greater disability in society than the inability to see a person as more. That's good. We have a tendency to, to try and fit things into a box. You know, we want, we want everything to go in a certain direction. We want a script followed in life, and that's not life. What we need to do, instead of looking at it at the exterior, we need to look at the interior. And if we look through God's eyes, and understanding that as God's creation, those eyes looking at us are looking through God's eyes too, what do they see in us? Second hmm. Corinthians twelve nine a says, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. I think if we if we go, whoever we talk to, whatever their ability is, if we just, when we listen to someone else, if we listen to learn, learn about them, learn about the person Jesus loves in them, learn, we can learn from everyone. And we should always go humbly to another person, but especially if, if that other person maybe does have some disabilities, we doubly have to go humbly because God is has gifted that person in ways maybe we can't see at the moment so we need have to look we need to look even closer and I do like that I already said it but I I think everyone nobody wants to just be ministered to they want to be part of of it they want to they want to minister with us or they want to be part of our family. They don't want to be the, oh, look, I brought him along. And wasn't I a good person to do that? No, nobody wants that. They just want to be another person, which, which they are, of course. And I guess, I guess my main thing is I think we can learn from everyone. I, I agree. And you, know, you stole one of my verses there. And oh, that's awesome, though. Oh, so sorry. That's all right. We're thinking alike. I like that. Um, but I also think we have to, uh, speaking if, to someone who is disabled, we also have to understand um, they should feel empowered by this. They should feel empowered by the way God made them. Yeah. The way, the way God created us is the way he created us. He, he made me my height. He made me my, um, like Jane said, my skin color, my background, everything is, was all God ordained. He, he breathed life into me in the way he did it. Um, in Exodus, Moses is talking to God and he says, oh, please don't make me be your, your spokesperson. He says, uh, Exodus 4, he says, I get tongue-tied and words tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? <laughs> who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not speak, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. <laughs> if we are walking with God, it doesn't matter what we're able to do or not able to do because all that matters is what he is able to do. That's right. That's really good. So if we can look at it from that perspective and say, you know what? Um, I got another quote from a, a, a man, a disabled man who is um, uh, a very famous evangelist. He was born without arms and legs. And he said, what you need to do is put go in front of disabled. Because if you do that, it says God is abled. And I think all of these things are just opportunities for us to minister more, to share the gospel more, to share the love of God more, 
to be more. He mentions that in, in a video I watched of him. Is he said someone had talked to him about their disability. He said, take into consideration that people look at you more than they look at other people. Hmm. And what an opportunity that oh, is. Oh, that is good. That is good. What a special opportunity that is. If I was seven feet tall, it'd be the same way. Ooh, people notice me more. Maybe I should be showing God more. God loves us all, and he is so, so, so gracious with his love and his caring for us, and he has a plan for every single person, no matter what the world sees. I want to end in prayer here. Father, I just... I thank you so much that you have opened our eyes to see these things. I thank you that we have our sons, that we had our daughter, that we had, we have had the opportunity to see your work and your hand on lives that are so blessed. And Father, I just, I thank you so much for your word, that you can share your love through your word for us. I thank you that you have made us the way you have made us, that we are all wonderfully and fearfully made, Lord. That in, as part of your creation, we are all sharing in that blessing of life. And also, Lord, that as your children, we are all sharing in the blessing of your love. And we know someday that all these things will pass. And we will see our daughter and our sons dancing around and laughing and running just like everybody else should have been doing from the very beginning. And that day is that when that day comes, that will be a wondrous day. But Lord, I thank you so much for the absolutely everyday experience that we have of just living on this earth with all of the people that you have created. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>